You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres crossover on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Royals Padres baseball. Back in full season, five shows a week. Javi, you've been blocked by Eric Cosmer. Yes, sir, I have. Woo! Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, oh, man. It's, I, I like to thank you for this, too. Because I think that it says a lot that we've been doing our crossovers with the Royals for so long now, uh, for Padres listeners, that maybe there's just some, that that essence, that spirit of it. Maybe when we did our roast 2.0, it could have happened. I have no idea. I am hoping it is the tweet when I said that in his last act of vengeance against or hatred against San Diego, he killed Luke Voigt. For those who are unf- unfamiliar, Hosmer had like a no trade clause, which is totally earned and he, he deserves to enact it. But as a result, the Padres had to send to the Nationals Luke Voigt instead and then had to get rid of Hosmer separately um, in the one set of trade, which is totally worth it. I get it, but it's just a, a funny joke. I hope that that's the thing he blocked me for to be quite honest with you, but it is, it's funny because Rylan, I don't slander him much. And just to clarify for people on the at LO underscore Padres account, I don't usually, I've just mentioned something like, Oh, Hosmer didn't do well there. And the aforementioned tweet I mentioned, it's from my own account (laughs) where I really have gotten crazy where I had the Photoshop of Josh Bell when he wasn't doing so well, that it was actually Eric Hosmer in disguise, all sorts of stuff that I've been so much worse on there. I'm not blocked out of my main account. I don't know if he maybe missed it, right? Uh, and because, you know, one is called Padres, maybe he just assumed. But uh, either way, I absolutely cherish the idea that this man, at least for a split second, knew who I was. And it really, look, can't do it without you folks, the listeners. Um, I, I just got to give a shout out to all of you. Uh, this is a momentous day in Padres history. And I am just absolutely thrilled to be a part of it all. And of course, Grand Ball Gremlin, I wish you the best of luck in Chicago. Um, and yeah, man, it's just feels good. <laughs> feels good. <laughs> the Wizard of Haas is now uh, blocking Javi from Twitter. And I, I, I did go check. I did go check. Hausmer has not blocked me on Twitter. So <laughs> oh, wow. we are still cool. Hausmer yeah, still because you were the pod. You were brown nosing the other time when we were talking. What? <laughs> Also, 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 I love the idea that Hosmer has not been on Twitter. He's his last like was really? February 10th, 2023. His last okay. tweet came on January 29th, 2023. So if you go based upon the like, 21023, he would have been on Twitter to block you. On the 3.0 version of our roast of Eric Hosmer, which was where you got crazy, which is where you got insane. And I have to believe that Eric Hosmer listened to my podcast because my title was my title was remembering Eric Hosmer and all the good things he did in <laughs> what I mean? And, and I he watching. clicked and he clicked upon that podcast and said, Man, I I'm really down in the dumps today. I want to I be reinvigorated by how great I was in Kansas City. 
And he heard me talk about how phenomenal he was in Kansas City. And then this screeching voice from the Northeast reeks up and goes, Eric Hosmer was terrible. And he goes and he goes, you know what? I'm going to find this guy. And I'm going to block him out of my life. First of all, that's not even close to my voice. You're the one that does the mad dog 10 times more and better than I do. Um, but it's true. I do like the idea of him tuning in for a second. Maybe after he got traded away uh, or something like that. He's like, oh. but I mean, look, I don't regret anything I said um, about Hosmer. Not really. I have never. One of the things about slandering players is I try to be creative about it. I don't like doing the, hey, blank player. You suck. You effing suck. And you're a, you're a B word and you're a, a, a this word. And wow, I could do. No, like I was creative, like with the Luke Voigt thing and, and whatnot. And I really did. In my opinion, anyway, my unbiased opinion, I gave a lot of reasons for why Hosmer wasn't really so liked in San Diego that I thought were went beyond just didn't perform well and was overpaid. Right. I really thought that there was more to it. And I think that a lot of other folks who are much bigger in this industry than me uh, were saying, like, yeah, like he never went on our show. Meanwhile, we got AJ Preller on our show. We got that these on our show, the goober. If everybody's watching the video, go check out the bobblehead. Um, and just all sorts of things. And I'm not the only one. And I'm certainly not the only one that's been blocked. Um, and I'm not here to call no, him sure. soft. It's totally his prerogative to do that. Um, I haven't tweeted about him in a decent amount of time. But nonetheless, it is. it really brought just a joy to my day. And shouts to everybody who was responding saying it was a badge of honor. Because that's the same way I felt. Yeah, and he's blocked many people. And he's blocked... Kansas Cityans as well. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the way that he, it's just the way that he rolls. And that's fine. Like you said, I mean, mm -hmm. we all have our personal preferences. Some of us block, some of us use the mute button. Some of us do whatever. I, I, I think that, I think that we should stop glorifying like, like in general, like the block of like, Oh my gosh, he blocked me. It's like, well, what if he yeah. muted you? If, if he, if he muted you, then you wouldn't know about it and you wouldn't have this weird, like satisfaction about it. Not calling out hobby. I'm just saying like fans in general will be like, <laughs> unbelievable no 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 i don't i really don't mean it i really don't mean it about javi i mean it because what javi's doing is like content javi's not like yeah. seriously proud of the fact that he got blocked by a cosmer i mean like if if someone gets in my mentions with a twitter spat about like the thunder or the royals and i'm like yeah yeah i don't agree but you know it's perfectly fine to have that opinion and then they just like lambaste me in a personal manner and i block them like they take that as like soft or like they won. Whereas like, I just mute you. I don't yeah. block you to where you never know if I blocked you or not. I just don't respond to you anymore. It's like, it, that stuff is just yeah, funny to me, uh -huh. but Javi's obviously doing it as a content and we're, we are performative right now. He doesn't actually uh, feel that way, but Javi, you didn't get blocked by Eric Cosmer. Uh, I didn't. And I've been on That's three right. of your podcasts where That's you right. roast Eric Cosmer. Uh, I think that that says a lot, but I think he made a great point though. To close the loop on this, uh, who knew there was going to be a segment worth of content but to close the loop on that. <laughs> I will stick up for you in this way. I think that I think that the most homerist of people, both from Kansas City and from San Diego, um, would look at you getting blocked and say, well, you must have crossed a line. You must have done something terrible. And that's not the case at all. I, I, I firmly agree that in this position, it's important to be critical of players. Um, it's also important to, to point out whenever these players did good, even if you've criticized them in the past. But it's never taking it to a personal level. It's just strictly about yeah. on the court and on the field and on the whatever. To where you always kept it on the field. You never talked about how he looked. You never talked about how he acted 
uh, that you didn't for sure know about. You never talked about his personal life, his family, his his off the off the field kind of endeavors. It's always been about what happens in those nine innings of baseball. And as long as you do that, a player still has the right to block you for that for sure. But as long yeah, as you do that, 100%. you can you can obviously sleep easy at night and uh, and know that you didn't do anything uh, above the job. It's like it's like. Uh, the one time I've gotten in a Twitter spat, which it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as you and Hosmer. <laughs> I tweeted out a meme about a Thunder player of like, you know, uh, this Thunder player drove to the basket a lot and like didn't really have a game plan of what to do once he got there. So he oftentimes like turned it over or just threw up a terrible shot. And so I, I tweeted out a burning building and the caption was, why did they let this man cook? <laughs> and his teammate, <laughs> his, his teammate, his teammate was like, hey, that's an L. You know, it's a big time L for you, like in, in my comment section. And I was like, you know, you know, you're right. I probably shouldn't have tweeted out this meme because, you know, obviously the player is having a bad stretch of basketball and feels terrible yeah. about it. And I, I didn't really think about the fact that, like, you know, they could see it. And then he was like, it's okay. You're still loved. And like, we're, and we're fine now. And, the, and that teammate still likes all my tweets and interacts with me on Twitter and we uh -huh. talk and, and, that's and cool. we talk it when we talk in the post game pressers and everything, that's fine. But like, you know, it, that was still a, a meme that, you know, yeah, that meme could have been taken across the line if you, if you want to interpret it that way, but it was still about basketball and it wasn't about anything else. And, and, and as, as long as it's about the sport, I feel very comfortable with allowing fans to um, criticize players. As long as media members criticize the players as well. Uh, it's just, again, and not, not, not doing it in a way of like name calling, like you said, like just because someone grounds out doesn't mean they're a B word or they're a terrible piece of bleep or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like you could just be, Hey, this guy won't embrace launch angle. And that's not really great for our team. And that's not really great for what the team is trying to do and what the team is trying to build. It's like, if your team is trying to build a team that like only shoots threes, but yet this guy shoots 29% from three, Hey, he's not a part of the future. Cause like, if you're only going to shoot threes, you can't have a 29% three point shooter. Like that's, that is criticizing somebody but it's not crossing a line. And I, and I will say even in your most biggest joke worthy manners, like your most, you know, your most hateful quote unquote hateful jokes, you never did cross a line. And it's just something that Hosmer doesn't want to see, which I can't blame him because he blocked you. And, and then, and yeah. I did want to clarify that. Like we are, we are laughing about it. We are having fun that he blocked you, but you didn't get blocked by being mean. You got blocked by criticizing a player, which is, which is the job. Yeah. And and I, I've always been, I don't like it. What I call it like the Kevin Durant syndrome. I don't like it when people think that players are soft or thin skinned because they take power into their own hands and they're like, you know what? I just don't want to deal with this. Um, I think there's been a couple for off the field reasons that they do it in a nefarious, like, oh, you're spreading truth about some stuff that I did. And then eventually, but I don't think Hosmer is like that. And I think that for him, it was just all play based. And I don't like that. And I call it the Kevin Durant syndrome because it's like, these guys get people tweeting about them all the time and tweeting at them all the time. Like you and I get one and like our heart rate jumps by at least one beat or a couple beats per minute. It's just, it, that's just how it is. That's how human beings react when they're criticized. You, you want to be loved. You want to be liked. And whatnot. There's very few people that thrive off of negative comments. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of a rare breed and that's not necessarily means you're better or weaker or tough or whatever. And for him, it's like, yeah, totally uh, do that. And I've, Hey, I thought that I was fair in a lot of my criticisms. And I think that while, yes, the memes were out there every now and then, I thought that I also brought up, look, I have heard he is a fantastic teammate from inside sources and stuff, that that is true. And I meant to point that out. And while a lot of people say he doesn't look like he's trying, my thing was more, 
it's just that he he didn't come out you know what i mean and that we were being told too much and i blamed media people as well so i tried to be fair and that's all you can do out here uh, i have no will ill will towards the guy there are plenty of people who not not matter but have much more impact negatively on the world that i do have ill will towards uh eric hosmer playing baseball is absolutely not even in the same stratosphere or not even stratosphere galaxy as that it was mostly a bit that is as content creators you kind of go down that rabbit hole and this is what happens and ladies and gentlemen i'm blocked by eric hosmer and that's uh that's where we are today (laughs) yeah and and, and i i do want to end it and we'll move on to the next segment here i i I do want to end it by saying that you're right it's this does not make eric hosmer soft it doesn't And, and it makes Eric Cosmer a human, which some humans do not care. Like, like our host of Locked In MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan, doesn't care who listens, how many people listen, who watches, many people watches. Doesn't look at the numbers. Doesn't care if people tweet out or comment hateful things. Just doesn't care. He he doesn't even look at it. He he, he swears he doesn't even see it. Whereas me and Javi, like, we'll look at every comment. We'll try to reply to as many as possible, but we will see and read every comment, good, bad, and indifferent. And I'll tell you, for me personally, I can go to a game and, and get told twice by random people, hey, I listen to the show, love the show. But when I get home, when I drive home and look at my phone, and there's one comment that says, oh, you're an idiot. But there's five comments that say, I love the show. That one comment is going to wreck me and and make me think I'm an imposter. Like, I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve this job, whatever, whatever. It's just who how I'm built. Or other people aren't built that way. And that doesn't make anything, anyone better or worse. And we shouldn't strive to be someone that we're not. Like, you shouldn't be like, oh, he has $10 million a year, a day. So it doesn't matter who, what, who comments what. It's, it's not about money. It's not about any of that. It's about how you personally are impacted by these things. And, and if you don't want to see it, then don't see it and block everyone who was negative. I, I think that that is more so uh, well within your right as a millionaire. You don't have to look at all the negative comments. You don't have to interact with negative comments because you are self-made uh, and, and you're and you're ready to rock and roll in that way. So it, it doesn't change who Eric Cosmer is as a person just because he doesn't want to see Javi being an idiot on Twitter. And and like and that's the thing. It's because Javi's not being mean. Like Javi's just being a fool, like a like a jokester. And if you don't want to see that on Twitter. <laughs> He's not being mean. Like he's not like he's a fool. Eric Con- yeah. He's a joker. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he's the joker. He's, oh. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not being mean to where like I wouldn't want to see jokes made about me 24/7 either if I was Eric Cosmer. Like what do I need to see that for? But I also but I also don't think that it's I think it's weird to be like, well the players shouldn't even be on Twitter anyway. Like no, like they they deserve a right to be on Twitter just like we do. They just might see something that they don't like to see just like we might see something we don't like to see. And and that's just mm-hmm. how it's, it's just your way of coping with it. My way of coping with it uh, is a three strike rule. Like if you, if you just, if you disagree with me, that's fine. But if you, if you take it to the next, to the, to the furthest level of disagreeing and you're, and you're rude, uh, I'll, I'll get a pass. Cause maybe you're having a bad day. Second time. Okay. Th- this is getting a little bit out of hand. Third time. I'm just going to mute you. I'm not going to block you. Cause again, people have weird satisfaction with being blocked. I'm just going to mute you to where I never see your mm-hmm. comment ever again. And I don't really yeah. care. So it's, it's like, it, it's just kind of, everyone has their own way of dealing with it for sure. And it doesn't make you soft or better or, or stronger or whatever. If you ignore it, if you see it, if you comment back, if you don't comment back, if you block people, it's just, that has no impact on like who you are uh, in that way. It really doesn't. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Also, I want to say something nice about LinkedIn because they're incredible. LinkedIn.com slash locked in post your job for free. Um, and go there right now because LinkedIn is awesome, folks. LinkedIn 
is there for you. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and most qualified candidates available. That's why when you check out LinkedIn Jobs, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So you go there right now and you put on the hashtag purple we're hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring with simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates that have the right skills and expectations and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering qualified hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. Javi, we're back on Lockdown Royals Padres crossover. We're 17 minutes in and only talked about one thing. I'm so sorry about that. I'm not a good driver today. I've kind of <laughs> driven this car off the road. Uh, but uh, but Javi, Javi. You want to talk about some fun stuff? Let's uh, talk fun stuff instead of getting way too introspective about Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> thank you for making us your first listen for your second listen. Check out uh, Lockdown uh, MLB Fantasy Baseball. Because, folks, your draft is right around the corner. And you're going to want to know who to draft. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy baseball strategies. Find Locked On MLB wherever you get your podcast from. Locked On, MLB, Locked on Fantasy Baseball, wherever you get your podcast from. Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go Dom your league with Matt and Dom of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. They didn't tell me to say that. I just made that up on the fly. But Javi. <laughs> Sir. Let's start with our teams, because I think that we've done enough silly stuff. And then we'll get to the silly stuff later on with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I want to use this podcast as a baseline of like what we can look back on at the end of the season and see if we've, if we've met, failed, exceeded expectations. Because I think that these two teams are in total opposite spots. We've talked a little bit about this before, but now we've seen this team play in spring training for three weeks out in Arizona. Both of us, both of our teams are in Arizona. Um, and I want to know, this is, all chips are down right now. I think that we have a good enough sample size to say what we feel about this team right now in the sense of like preseason expectations. Obviously, uh, injuries are going to happen throughout the season and heck, there might be injuries tomorrow. But as of right now, all chips down. What is the expectation level for our teams? And I think that these two teams are at a very important cross section. Whereas for the Royals, it's different than the Padres and it probably couldn't be more drastically different. The Royals' season will be defined by not wins and losses, I don't think. I think it'll be defined by quality of play and, and in the sense of like diamond minding. You've got to, how many guys do you have? Like, how many players are legit pieces versus how many players you should just keep up on? Like, like if Jackson Coar still is not very good, it's over. You know, if Daniel Lynn, short Chris Booch, still is not very good, it's over. You know, like that is where you're at for Kansas City. And then how many of these young bats are going to be ready to take that leap? Because, folks, you know, Bobby Witt Jr., five more years of control. After this year, you know, four more years of control. Like the window is already shrinking of like if you're nowhere close to competing after this season, what are you going to do with Bobby Witt Jr.? And I think that the Royals should look into extending him of like, just giving him a bag right now for the sake of, hey, maybe he'll take it and we get to open that window a little bit more. Uh, but I still have to say this. For me, the expectation is not the playoffs. It's not 
tanking. It is playing. It's playing these young players and letting whatever happens happen. And you know what? If all these young players are good, like if we think Bobby Jr. is a superstar, if we think Jimmy Lundis is an all-star, if we think Vinny Pascantino can win the AL batting title like Lindsey Crosby said on the podcast, if we think that all these bats can do something, and then we think that all these Florida guys, you know, Singer and Lynch and all them, all these guys were worth, you know, high draft picks, and they all hit, this team could be really good. But they're probably not all going to hit the exact, the exact same time. So where, to me, the expectation is play out the season as healthy as you can. Obviously, that's out of your control for the most part. Play out the season. Do not do not waste opportunities to play Nick Prado. Do not waste opportunities to play Vinny. Do not waste opportunities to play Bobby Jr. And just see what you have. And you might have something really, really good. You might find out that, hey, most of these guys aren't very good. So we've got to pivot and pivot fast because the guys that are good, we're already losing control on like Brady Singer, like, like Bobby Witt Jr. So this is a season to me where I would say it will it will define next year. It'll define your future of like if you get enough people to hit next this offseason, you're gonna have you're gonna have some money to spend. You're gonna have the impending you know stadium vote stuff. And you can go supplement this roster with veterans. If a lot of these guys miss and you only have one or two that hit, well then you've got to quickly pivot into a full on rebuild again. But but that's still not terrible because this front office is all brand new and they deserve a shot to 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 kind of fix what the last regime broke. So either way, it's not an awful outcome, but it's just the fact of the expectation level this year, as as sad as it is because we all want to make the playoffs, is just, hey, let's just sit back and watch and observe and make our judgments after the season is over and after we see a full body of how these young guys respond to the ebbs and flows of a major league season, which happens uh, so rapidly and 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 in so many different spells of hot streaks, cold streaks, and how they respond to all those things. And again, it might just be me talking about it because I think that springtime is a is a great time. But like, if if these young guys hit, which is a big if, but if if you think that Vinny can be a batting title guy, if you think that Bobby Wood Jr. can be better than Julio Rodriguez and better than Ali Rushman, who he was graded above just this time last year, if you think MJ Melendez is a star. Like if those things happen, plus Salvador Perez is here, plus you know you have a good bullpen. Like if you think those things are true, and they all end up being true at the exact same time, this can be a sneaky good team to where, at worst, they're the Orioles of last year who are supposed to be terrible but finished 500 or right around 500, uh, and were sneaky good. Like it, it can be that as well. So like we just don't know for the Orioles. Whereas I think that the Padres have a way more defined expectation level, Javi. Yeah, absolutely. Their whole thing is just going to be wins and losses for the most part and how far they go into the playoffs. Um, granted, this is a team that literally went to the playoffs very far last year. In fact, they were very close to the World Series, if not for Bryce Harper and maybe a couple managing decisions and what have you. And, and what and if Mike Clevenger and Sean Maniah could throw literally one inning, all that stuff. But this Padres team is going to be defined by wins and losses. It's going to be defined by can the back you know tertiary pieces step up can you get at least a little bit better of a year from trent grisham offensively can you get jake cronworth to bounce back does hassan kim take another step forward right like all these guys i talked about my biggest fears and possible uh you know worst outcomes you know biggest issues that could arise with this padres team on yesterday's episode that everybody could go check out i talked about xander bogarts as one of them but for the most part this is as everyone's dubbed it potentially a mount crutchmore with xander that these Soto and Machado maybe all staying long-term. We'll see how the Soto stuff kind of transpires as time goes on. 
but it's going to be defined by wins and losses. And for me, I think that the big, and I alluded to this on yesterday's show, and I want to bring it up again, is I do think people are underestimating the NL West. I think everybody knows that the Braves, that the Mets are going to be awesome. I think that they know that those teams are going to be great, no doubt. They're World Series contenders. I think Philly is going to be great too, but that is admittedly a team that actually just scares me more in the playoffs than it does in the regular season because I think that the defensive stats and a little bit of the back of the rotation stuff catches up to you more in regular season. But once you make the playoffs, it's like, well, well, we got all, we got Aaron Nola pitching. We got Zach Wheeler pitching. We don't care about the rest. And we also have the most feared batter uh, in the National League, dare I say, in Bryce Harper, right? Hopefully he comes back healthy. And they also brought in Trey Turner. And then you've got, you know, the Cardinals and Brewers, who I'm not all that scared of. I think that those teams are just lucky to be in their division right now. To be freaking honest with you, the Cardinals will be good at the end. Brewers, I don't think, are going to go that far, especially since they haven't done much to improve their team. But the NL West, I really think, is a lot better than people might realize. I think the San Francisco Giants should be feared at least a little bit because I don't think they're going to be a pushover. I think that they made moves this offseason to just improve their product, you know, just to give fans like, all right, we missed on Judge. We missed on Turner. We missed on Xander. We missed on Carlos Correa very famously, right? But we did bring in Mitch Haniger. We did bring in Michael Conforto. Maybe we can fix Sean Benaya. Would it shock me? No. These guys turned Alex Cobb into throwing the hardest velocity of his career after like two weeks in spring training. They know what they're doing down there. So that's definitely not a pushover team. And then the Diamondbacks are another team that are kind of on the rise with Corbin Carroll as their big prospect. And, you know, your your um your Zach Gallons and Christian Walker is a great first baseman, right? Um, all sorts of stuff over there and some guys who could break out with Merrill Kelly. Like they've got some some decent players over there. And Arizona could absolutely be. It, it wouldn't shock me that if by the end of the year everyone's like, damn, the Diamondbacks are only like two games out, you know, of a, of a playoff spot. It just wouldn't shock me that much. Um, so I do think that Padres fans should be wary that while they should be one of the favorites, and I know people are excited about them winning the division potentially and you know, at some point the Dodgers can't win the division, right? At like every single year, I would just caution that I think this division is is is, is pretty solid. Rockies are going to be a mess. I'm I have no doubt about that. I'm not worried about them, uh, but for the rest of that division, it could be tough. And we just have to see how everything transpires. Do they are they able to keep Juan Soto? That will be a storyline. Do they panic trade for people at the deadline? Because it's been a while since AJ Preller has made a trade. Let me tell you, uh, I know for a while from him is literally like eight months <laughs> but for him that's too long he's got the itch you know what i mean um the same way i get an itch to make a pop culture reference every time we do a crossover i haven't yet i haven't yet we'll, we'll see if i do though we'll see uh as this as we wind down um but yeah uh, i think the expectations for the padres are a lot more known and i think that there's a lot of stuff riding on them too because i know and i alluded to this on yesterday's show that I know how media can work, especially the old school media people. They love to jump on teams. This is something that uh, happens in Moneyball as well at the end of Moneyball. Boom! There's the reference uh, where it's kind of like, I can see them being like, see, this is why you don't spend all your money right now. You have to build the right way from the ground, all that type of stuff if the Padres fail. And that will further discourage or... Other teams are already discouraged, but it will make fans say, see, yeah, see, this is why you can't just do that. You have to build the right way, like Seattle. Seattle, who all they had to do was go outside of shortstop this offseason. They refused to do that. So 
that's that's who also had 21 years of incompetence but yeah 21 years of incompetence Doug Rock, congratulations on you know making the playoffs shout out ty day gonzalez and chloe pat no 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 congratulations no congratulations give me a second i was gonna roast them i was gonna roast them let me tell you this let me tell you this (laughs) the royals the royals waited 30 years to get back in the postseason they got back in the postseason and went to the world series lost next year they go to the world series they win the next year they have a winning season they have not had a winning season since Okay, so let's not crown the freaking Mariners because they had a good little season last year for 21 years of just dreadful baseball whenever they haven't sustained that yet. And they their core looks way more promising than Kansas City's core did, but it can happen. And if I would have told you in 2014 that, hey, hey these spunky Royals will never have a winning season after 2016, you would have all, you would have all laughed. It can happen that fast, especially if you've proven that you will not go and make the long-term moves to bolster your core, which so far they're over one in the offseason of doing so while sitting back in their high and mighty chair laughing at the people who do. So let's relax on Seattle of like how to build a team. Cause if it takes 21 years to build a team, well then we shouldn't have small market teams. Well said, sir. Well freaking said. And those guys are divas too. Uh, over at lockdown Mariners. So oh, be total divas. <laughs> i'm just kidding they do a great show they have, they have, their, they, do a great they, show. have they have their own they have their owner on what, what's his name jerry depoto no that's his gm they have the yeah. gm on GM, yeah, so credit cool. to them credit to them that's really cool go listen to that podcast it's actually a really great interview you should go to it this second uh after we we're done talking about the world baseball classic which is coming up on the other side we're back on the lockdown royals Padres crossover folks go check out Locked on fantasy baseball to get you set for your draft and try to win you your league and win you some money if you're playing in a money league. I personally don't play in money leagues, but that's just me. Um, I don't have the big bucks like Javi does. He to does play not. In money he does not, folks. Yeah. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Javi, Javi's over here just throwing away a billion dollars playing in these damn fantasy leagues. And I just, you're I wish I could get away when you win. I wish I could get, I wish I could get that contract from Locked on. That's all I got to say. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Javi. The World Baseball Classic is here. I'm personally excited um, about it in the sense of like, I'm going to be a sicko about it. Like, I, I already have an alarm set. Like, th- we're recording this on Tuesday morning. I already have an alarm set to watch the uh, Team Italy play at 5 a.m. on Friday morning. 5 a.m. Wow. Because I want to see my guy Vinny Pascantino. I want to see my guy Nicky Lopez, and, and I'm ready for it. So I'm I'm a I'm a total sickle about it. And, and the Royals play Team Great Britain Thursday, uh, in uh, in uh, surprise to get them ready. Oh, by the way, Friday also Padres and Royals play in spring training. How about that? Boom. Nonetheless, nonetheless, forget about all that. My question for you, Javi, is: Would upsets be great? For the World Baseball Classic, or would it be bad for the World Baseball Classic? Because my I, I stipend this from March Madness. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. in the moment, holy crap, so and so, you know, St. Peter's just beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the Final Four, and this is a bad example because last year's Final Four was incredible, like all blue bloods. Yeah. Like you get to the Final Four sometimes, and it's like, and it's like, oh, well, now in the Final Four, I've got to watch St. Bonaventure. I've got to watch, I've got to watch Loyola Chicago, and look at Sister Jean for the one hundredth time. Uh, you know, it, so like. What's the balance there? Should we root for all higher seeds until the end and watch them all duke it out? Or should we root for like what happened last year? You know, St. Peter's beat Kentucky. That's that's incredible. But the Final Four was still Blue Bloods. Like this, Kentucky was no longer with us, but we still had Duke, North Carolina, 
Kansas or Villanova? Like, what's the balancing act in the World Baseball Classic to you for rooting for underdog teams? Because I'll admit they're lovable. Like, like there was a TikTok on the MLB page of uh, the Czech Republic, and, and their whole team is just guys. Like, it's just accountants. Like, it's 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 not even semi-pro <laughs> players. They're just literally accountants. Like, like I'm rooting for them. Like, they're playing for literally as cheesy as it is the passion of playing baseball. And so I want to root for them. Like, how do you balance like the best product at the end of this versus the best product right now? I think that for one, I like that you said no longer with us as if Kentucky had died that year. Um, (laughs) That was really good. But for me, for March Madness, what I will say, um, it does vary year to year. Sometimes it's like, uh, these are upsets, but only in the traditional way, because everyone admits that this isn't that great of a group this year. But for me, I think that it's just the amount that you get because too much thing. And all of a sudden it's just like, all right, well, I do still want to see the greatest talent. Like we still want to see that. We still want to see Vladimir Guerrero jr. Who I actually just pulled out of the world baseball classic. So that's a bad example, but we still want to see Juan Soto. We still want to see all these guys and Manny Machado and Vinny P and Bobby Wood and all these guys, Brady singer. We still want to see the great talent. Don't get me wrong. Cause then it makes for a great final. It makes for those like the final four you mentioned, but I think there's a healthy sprinkling of one or two because it's the rarity of it. That's what makes it so fun. Um, but when it's some, there have been some years where it's just like every team gets upset and it wasn't like a fringe group. It was just like, yeah, those teams were awesome and it kind of stinks. And now all of a sudden we're watching these teams that we don't care about that much. So you need a little bit of a balance. You need some upsets, but not too many. Uh, I don't think it would be necessarily great if USA, Japan and Dominican Republic all get eliminated immediately. Obviously, I don't include Puerto Rico there because nothing would not, not no such thing would ever happen to Team Puerto Rico. They would never get upset. So, if that were to happen to the, all three of those teams, that'd be like, oh dang, right? Maybe Team Venezuela, right? With um with Miguel Cabrera, right? Like you want to see him because this might be the last um you know important kind of run that he's on for a team because the Tigers probably aren't going to be good this year. Um, so and, and Shohei Otani, you want to see that guy? That dude might not be pl- playing in all that many important games this year. Uh, in terms of playoff stuff, right? So I think you need a healthy amount. One of those four that I just mentioned, you know, every now and then I think you you, you like it, but too much of it. And then it's just like, well, this is, is this even an upset anymore? I, I you know, I remember when there was too many no hitters that one year uh, in, in baseball. I think people overreacted because it turned out it was just a weird anomaly that happened at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, say the NBA, your favorite sport, obviously, you know, you have all these people dropping 40 point games and, I have to admit, part of me is like, this is amazing. I think the talent pool might just be incredible depth. But in the back of my mind, I'm also like, man, Lillard dropped 71, and I didn't care as much as I thought I would. You know what I mean? I think that that's kind of what you need is a good balance. You're totally right. I think that, like, everything needs balance. Everything needs moderation in life and in baseball and in sports. Like. <laughs> 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 okay all right i'm done i'm done talking you know we, we we summed it up pretty well i mean this guy obviously gonna laugh at me but like yeah i think i think that it's true i think that it's true you know you, you want some upsets but not too many upsets because you do still want the the best of the best in a rocking lone depot stadium mm-hmm. you know at the end of this or at a, at a rocking uh petco park was that still what they call it out there in san diego that is still that is indeed what they call it, yeah. And, and famously, I don't know if you heard, Ryland, I haven't been to San Diego before, so everyone take my opinions with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be careful. Oh. I'm, I don't know if I'm so trustworthy now. Yeah, you uh, haven't no, seen the great city of San Diego. That's yeah, <laughs> tough. Uh, but, I mean. Uh, you want to close out on the 
the AI names real quick. Oh yeah, we got AI names for you. This this is great stuff. And and, and I'll just say, you know, Javi, uh, I hope that you you never moved to San Diego because they can't keep residents like they couldn't keep the Chargers. Go ahead, Javi. Oh, <laughs> oh, doctor. That was pretty. My my show listeners will appreciate that. Uh, for those who didn't see, Dan Zabraski, who's the chief editor over at FanGraphs, every year he does his like AI computer generated headlines for a team um, or a motto, I should say. And for those listening to this podcast, for the Royals, Ryan, did you see what it was? I did not enlighten me. Believing in the blue warily. <laughs> That's so good. That's really fits. I really like that. Yeah, we believe in the team, but we're we're wary about it. You know, what I mean, we know what that how honestly what you were talking about with expectations. Honestly, that kind of fits. And for the San Diego Padres, dare I say, one of the best ones. Welcome to hell and like it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is great. That is great. Um, I recommend everyone go check out this week. That should be the intro of your show. That should be the honestly. Show. I might do that. That's a good this idea. This is the Lockdown Padres podcast. Welcome to hell and like it for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> It'll be like after like another extension or trade happens. I just come wilding out here. I have like double horns. <laughs> like that would be good. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and there's some other good ones out here, like the Cardinals. This is our team. Make no mistake, Gumshoe. Again, this is AI generated stuff. Half of it doesn't make sense, and it sounds absurd. Um, what what's it called chicago white Sox forever or possibly something less with a question mark <laughs> great just really good stuff i love stuff like this for baseball and hopefully when you and i do our uh weekly crossover we kind of talk about the fun of baseball because this sport with the right people really know how to make it extremely entertaining and not just feel like you're looking at algebra homeworks so always gotta give it's always fun we have a couple more of these before opening day javi it's very exciting uh stuff Opening days around the corner, and we're going to talk all about it through the season. It's just a nice way to, to break up our uh, our solo shows five days a week. So subscribe to Lockdown Royals. You're going to start getting podcasts five days a week, so be ready for it. Subscribe to Lockdown Padres. You're already getting five days a week over there at Lockdown Padres, and he's dabbing over there as if it's 1997. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow, each of us on our own feeds. <laughs> Until then, be good and be good to one another.